Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is Episode 12, I Don't Have Enough Time. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership-related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. A pretty common and reoccurring problem I hear from leaders is that they're always so busy. There are so many competing demands and tight deadlines, too much to do and not enough time. And in a way, that is a very accurate perception of what it means to be a manager, juggling the need to produce work and lead a team and probably work on other projects along the way. But when it comes to being proactive, I also hear that there's no time for that. There's no time for being proactive, not enough time to really coach employees, and most certainly not enough time for self-care. And for so long, I completely agreed, until I didn't, until I realized that being overwhelmed is an emotion and a choice, which is based on my thoughts. Sometimes I very much still experience this emotion. However, when I do, I recognize it as something I'm choosing because for so long I was oblivious to that. I remember back to those corporate days when I would literally go from one meeting to another back to back. And I remember in the campus in our office here in Madison, I would run, run between buildings, run to meetings. I remember once after a big (laughs) staff meeting, I was running from one building to another Like, why was I running? But that's not the point. The point is I tripped and fell and slid in the parking lot in a new suit. That was back in the days where I had, you know, really snazzy pantsuits. And I was just like mortified. One, because like, why did I need to run when I think people will remember me as the runner? Why in the world would I do that? But of course I was younger then. Now I think about time very differently. And I think time is fascinating because time is just a mental construct. Clocks and calendars were invented to help us navigate through life. Now that framework of time significantly impacts our waking moments and our lives because we don't feel like we have enough of it. Of course, that's not true because we all do have enough time. The way we choose to think about it or utilize it or even talk about it affects our results. We absolutely have enough time if we are clear on our priorities and if we know the results that we want to achieve, if we're mindful of how we're using our time and the quality of that experience. So let's think 
about time. Number one, let's explore our mindset about time. I'll give you two different scenarios. Scenario number one, I wake up and already feel behind because my to-do list is so lengthy, both at work and at home. Oh my gosh, I chug coffee, I gripe at the traffic and I charge into work. I scan the calendar wondering, am I prepared for this day? I consider canceling that one-on-one touch base with Bill because I think he's doing great anyway. He doesn't need me as much of the time I need to spend on the projects that are due later this week. I just can't believe it's month end again. My thoughts are scattered. I feel overwhelmed knowing that I can't close my door because I'm the, you know, open door kind of leader while I silently pray that no one enters. Maybe everyone calls in sick and I hope for a meeting cancellation or two. My new employee, Jesse, comes in with a problem and a question we've previously discussed. I tap down my impatience and I answer the question again and then arrive to my next meeting 10 minutes late. As usual, my day progresses and I suddenly realize it's half past five. I long for chocolate and wine and a deserted island and soft pajamas, though not necessarily in that order. I'm grateful to have survived another day at work. It's Monday. Only four more days of work until the weekend. Here's scenario number two. I wake, thankful that I put together my to-do list yesterday afternoon. I put my coffee in a to-go mug and head to work. The traffic is the same as it always is at this time of day, and I know that I'll get to the office when I get there. I listen to a podcast. I'm relaxed. I come into work, settling in, scanning my calendar. I see my one-on-one with Bill, and I'm interested to know how he's doing. I ponder, how can I support his efforts and keep him engaged? I jot down a few questions I'd like to ask him. Jesse comes in with a problem, and I'm thankful that my door is open so we can have a good coaching discussion. I realize that our last discussion was not as clear to her as I thought it was. I really want to make her onboarding experience a successful one. We talk for 20 minutes, and she leaves prepared and confident. I apologize to my peers for being late to my next meeting letting them know I had an important coaching conversation that I needed to have. The day progresses, as they always do, with some unexpected changes to the schedule. I'm calm, knowing that I can tackle any changes and any challenges that come my way. I realize it's time to head for home, and I'm thankful for the great start to the week. I know with some upcoming deadlines, it'll be an interesting one. What is the difference? The difference between scenario one and scenario number two lives only in my mind. The power of my thoughts and how I see my time, how I see myself in the context of a day. If I see time as a scarce commodity and I fret about precious minutes wasted or resenting that that time with my team, I'm going to be hurried and impatient. If I expect the air quotes perfect day free of challenges and problems when they arise, I'm going to be surprised and frazzled, irritated to change the schedule and resentful. My thoughts about time create my emotions. Those affect my actions and ultimately generate my result. Mindset affects how we manage our time and how we feel about that experience. If you examine your thoughts, do you know that you have a choice to see time for what it is? It's just a neutral circumstance, a way to think about the sun and the earth. At the end of the day, Are you confident that you used all your seconds and minutes and hours mindfully and purposefully? So many of us aren't. Second, let's explore our relationship with urgency. Are you addicted 
because we don't even realize how powerfully urgency affects our mindset and about the choices and how we use our time. Stephen Covey, who is just amazing, examined this in his book, the amazing 1994 book, First Things First. If you've never read it, there's still time. The concept that he has about the addictive experience of urgency is fascinating. That we actually get used to the adrenaline rush of handling crises, and then we actually get dependent on that for our sense of energy and excitement. See if you see yourself in these questions. One, I seem to do my best when I'm under pressure. Hmm. Number two, I often blame the rush and press of external things for my failure to spend deep introspective time with myself. I'm often frustrated by the slowness of people and things around me. I hate to stand in line. I feel guilty when I take off work. I frequently find myself pushing people away so I can finish a project. I'm often preoccupied with one thing when I'm doing another. I often give up quality time with important people in my life to handle a crisis. I keep thinking that someday I'll be able to do what I really want to do. All right, so there's more questions, 16 altogether, but you kind of get the idea. To what extent do you feel compelled by those answers and that you sometimes feel that way or always feel that way? What is your sense of urgency? Because the urgency addictive is very self-destructive to us. It really affects the way we use our time in a way that's not necessarily aligned with our priorities, but we feel like we're doing something important. To overcome that urgency addiction, we have to realize that one, it even exists. We have to be mindful of the traps that we or other people set about our priorities or our requests or our deadline. And we have to realize that that compromises our ability to make the good choices that keep us effective and, quite frankly, keep us sane. So as I consider some seeds to plant about time, one, I would start with just clarifying your priorities, personal and professional. You can do that daily, weekly, or monthly but you want to really be clear on what you're trying to accomplish personally and professionally. Number two is expect things to take more time than you planned, to not go as it planned and expect to be interrupted. It's when we're unrealistic that we're so consistently disappointed. Number three is change your mindset to one of focus and awareness. Be mindful about how you're using your time and whether it's aligned with the priorities that you set for yourself. Stephen Covey always called that the big rocks. Put in the big rocks in your jar first. Then you put all the little pebbles and sand around it. He covers that too in the First Things First book. So there's a lot of good concepts about how we think about time. And it goes beyond time management because it's really about what's important in your life and making sure you're using your time wisely. Number four. Make decisions and don't beat yourself up for the decisions that you've made in the past. We can't undo that. We can explore it though, examine it, and use it to learn and to move forward with our priorities and making sure there's an alignment between how we're using our time and the things that are most important to us. And number five, examine your relationship with urgency. Know when something is urgent to you or to others and when it's not. Engage yourself in an urgency detox, even if it's only for one day, just to know how it feels. 
You can also do a time log. I know that sounds kind of crazy with how you're using your time, but when you think about the chunks of your time and how you're using it, it really does open up your eyes to when you're working on the things that are important and when you're working on the things that are urgent and when is there alignment and when is there not? Because we only have one day at a time because at the end of the day, we each have the same amount of time per day. 86,400 seconds. Do you have enough time? Absolutely. You get to make the choice on how to use it and making sure there's an alignment to the things that are most important to you, where you can accomplish your goals for yourself, for your family, and for your team. 86,400 seconds. Hey, thanks as always for listening. And if you're interested in how you're using your time, join me next time when we're going to talk about collaboration, because most people think collaboration takes a really, really, really long time, but it actually takes more time than we need it to because we're doing it wrong. Join me where I talk about best practices for doing collaboration right.